The world isn't simple anymore. And on the Walden Pond podcast, your host, anti-fraud expert Vince Walden, is talking to experts about the technology and compliance trends you need to know about to keep your compliance and fraud detection programs relevant. If you're looking for insights that are practical, timely, and innovative, welcome to The Pond. Welcome to The Pond. I'm your host, Vincent Walden, coming to you on the Compliance Podcast Network. Today, I'm welcoming back Jason Lee, CEO of Daily Pay, whom I interviewed over a year ago about this exciting new industry evolving around on-demand pay, or some people call it earn waged access, and the regulatory and compliance considerations that legal and compliance professionals need to know about because it's definitely on their radar. Welcome, Jason. Hey, Vince. How are you? It's great to be back. Glad you could come back on the show 25 episodes later, so it's great. Now, in typical Walden Pond fashion, I always open up the show with a relevant quote from our mascot, Henry David Thoreau. And I thought this one in particular was rather fitting because when we spoke a year ago, I would still say the industry was rather new, but the earn wage access industry has seen just tremendous growth and a flood of new competitors joined. So this quote was rather appropriate. It says, Henry Thoreau wrote, I would rather sit on a pumpkin and have it all to myself than to be crowded on a velvet cushion. (laughs) What do you think about that one? That's amazing. And I think that definitely captures a lot of what, I guess, what the last year has been, 25 episodes later. I'm much simpler, Vince. My favorite Thoreau quote is, just live the life. And, you know, I'll tell you this, certainly the last year was way beyond what we ever imagined. I'm sure all of your listeners think I'm talking about, obviously, all the new working conditions, COVID, etc. I think what I would tell you is, gosh, all of that was a huge accelerant to really the adoption of the earned wage access industry across companies in the country. Ah, true. Yeah, that's a, it's a huge point. And let's explore that in our conversation because since our last discussion, let's talk about that market ad- adoption. You've been able to retain some big name clients and I don't know if you can mention them. If you can, go ahead. If not, no, no worries. But that acceptance both from the business and the need for providing their employees on-demand wage access as well as kind of legal and adoption. You've seen a lot of new regulations come about, but in-house counsel and legal professionals are also acknowledging that this does work and it can work in the normal payroll cycle. Talk about kind of what's changed in the, uh, over the past year. Yeah, a fair amount. You know, I'll make a few general comments, Vince, but I'll really try to tailor this towards, I think, some of the areas that your listeners would find most interesting, you know, on the legal compliance and regulatory front. I guess just more broadly, what I would say is never has there been a time where access to one's earned wages is more prominent than the, one, the times that we're living in right now. You know, I'm not going to profess to say that we are like a Zoom um, or a food <laughs> delivery company in terms of our relevance during COVID, but gosh, how many of us had ever heard the term essential worker prior to March of this year? Yeah, True. Who would have thunk that a grocery store worker, a delivery worker, a logistics worker, someone delivering your food, a a store clerk? But in fact, these are essential workers because these are the folks that have powered the U.S. economy over the past, call it seven or nine months. And so I think there's been broad recognition 
and the big change that's occurred, of course, in the labor market is we all realized, my goodness, we are acutely dependent on the core infrastructure that is being operated by the hourly workforce across the United States. To that end, I think those employers figured out very quickly, gosh, we need to do things here that are meaningful for our employees. We need to give them tools and access to services that really enable them to live their best lives that they ever imagined so they can help the rest of us get through day to day. If you look at the last year at Daily Pay, companies of ours or employer partners of ours that have launched are companies like Kroger. That's the second largest employer in the entire country, operating across 2,000 different locations, serving something like 60 million Americans. Well, you walk into a Kroger or a Dillon's or a Fry's or any of these other kind of brands under Kroger, and you ask them, hey, you know, how you doing? And I think they would tell you, ever since we got daily pay, I can actually pay my bills on time. Mm. And, and wow. We're engaged here at work. We launched here at Target, Dollar Tree, Tractor Supply. I mean, one of my favorite clients is Tractor Supply. I don't know if you've seen this, Vince, but there's been a boom in home improvement activity. Everyone's stuck at home. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Everyone wants That's to right. that, you know, broken shelf or that garage door that creaks. And so, you know, there's tons of home improvement projects that are going on and, and Tractor Supply has been a big beneficiary of that. And so we're proud that one in three of those employees are accessing their wages on their time. And so from a general market adoption standpoint, number one, obviously the market was bound to grow, but I think COVID really accelerated that growth in particular for those industries that employ quote unquote essential workers. I think alongside that, Vince, critical mass always helps, if you know what I mean. Meaning Mm -hmm. you get major Fortune 100 companies like a Kroger, like a Dollar Tree, like a Target, like a Tractor Supply, like Six Flags, Berkshire Hathaway. These are all clients of ours. All of a sudden, you realize, hey, this thing is cresting. It's not so novel anymore. The analysis of, gosh, is this a loan? Is it not a loan? How do we think about payroll deductions? You know, all of those things from a compliance and wage and hour standpoint, the lines start to get much clearer. Let me say, Vince, there are clear lines, meaning there are some models out there that frankly don't work. See, that's what I wanted to explore because again, help put our our legal and compliance professionals at ease that this is not any kind of loan in that regards. Maybe you can expand on that and some of the models that are out there. Yeah, look, here's what I would say that, This industry, like any, it's incumbent upon employers just to do a little bit of their own diligence on this. And obviously, uh, there's some great literature and research now out there on it. There are three kind of hot buttons that if I were advising a company that I would make sure that I'm checking the box on. The first is actually what I would call wage and hour compliance. Mm -hmm. In other words, there are all sorts of rules in the payroll and wage and hour landscape that essentially say, hey, look, you can't deduct out of an employee's paycheck. That yeah. is reserved for the government, for taxes, for health care. But you can't willy-nilly just deduct out of an employee's paycheck. Right. So that's a big issue in this industry, which is, hey, is there a payroll deduction that's actually occurring for any payments that were made in advance of the scheduled payday? So that's kind of big issue number one. Some vendors still do payroll deductions under the theory that, hey, you know, no harm, no foul. But look, the companies that we work with, they really do have a high bar for compliance. 
And as a result, we have to make sure the technology prevents or doesn't require any type of payroll deduction, which would be in violation of the wage discounting rules. Mm. Alongside that is a second hot topic, which is taxes. And the key there is ensuring that there's no withholding tax obligation that is required when the employee receives one of those payments prior to payday. The plain English on this is taxes are owed when an employee gets paid. That's why withholding taxes get filed on the actual payday. Well, we have to make sure, though, that this payment that's being issued in the pay period is not constituted as a constructive receipt of wages. And really the only way to do that is to ensure that the employer is not sending any funds to the vendor on payday. Meaning you can't have a situation where the employee is owed $500, 400 goes to the employee, and 100 goes to the vendor because the vendor already remitted those funds. I mean, this is real simple. Right. You, you right. just look at where all 500 was paid out and you attach the taxes there. So that's kind of the second big issue. The third issue is the loan issue. And I think, as I understand it, what you wanted to get into today. That's the hot yeah. button. <laughs> yeah, so I'll, I'll wait for you to kind of uh, socialize that issue before I start going into detail on that. I recently saw this CFPB released, I think it was, it was yesterday, well, it was November 30th, that talks about various business models in the industry and their respective compliance or perhaps lack of compliance considerations. And I think that's where they're concerned about, are these considered loans or advances, which would trigger a, reg- a huge regulatory piece. And I think that's what has attorneys and compliance professionals nervous about adopting this earned wage access kind of model. And maybe you can clarify either that, that report and or how your model is perhaps different or how, you know, what companies should be asking to make sure that they are not, it's not viewed as a loan. Yeah, so we're thrilled that the CFPB has put this out. Let me maybe take a step slightly to the side for 30 okay. seconds. Sure. And maybe give the background here, and then I'll go into the technical stuff. So the background on this is, in the earned wage business, there are really two principal models. One is where the employee receives funds during the pay period, and there's no obligation to ever pay them back. Like the technology takes care of that all behind the scenes, and the employee never returns or pays back those funds. That's kind of one version of this. And and frankly, that's what we do for a living. You know, there's never any payback by the employee. And even though you may not be a consumer finance expert, nor am I, by the way, (laughs) but I think we all know the following, because I think even my four-year-old knows this. A loan is when you give something to someone and then they have to give it back. You know, my four-year-old Noah, I asked him, hey, where's your cement mixer truck? And he said his friend Joe borrowed it, but he'll Mm -hmm. return it. But Mm -hmm. he'll return it. You see, even my four-year-old understands when you take something, you got to give, give it back. Well, that's a borrowing. That's a loan. Right. Uh, I think everyone gets that. Well, in Daily Pay's model, Noah, my son, would be happy, you know, or maybe he wouldn't be happy. <laughs> the, the money goes out and there's never an obligation to ever return the funds because the technology deals with the cash flows behind well, it. Well, and it's because the wages have already been earned, right? It's that person's money. It's just a timing difference. That's correct. Like, I, I work two days, I get paid two days, but I get paid every two weeks. So I'm just getting a pay advance on the money that I've already earned. That's, that's right. That's right. Or, or we it. like to call it a payment, uh, oh, not even advance. It's not even advance. Yeah, it's a payment. Yeah, agreed. 
So then if you go to the other side, and this is where the CFPB had to get involved, there are unfortunately some other models out there where they say, hey, look, here's $100, but we, we need that money back. Uh, you got to pay us. But look, we could either debit your account directly. So we'll, we'll literally go into your bank account and we'll take it. That's the equivalent of my son Noah banging down his friend Joe's house to steal his, you know, take that. <laughs> With take that. <laughs> yeah. The alternative, however, is they say, look, we'll make this easy for you. You still have to pay us back, okay? But we'll do that. We'll work with your employer. And, and, and what the employer will do is we will operationalize effectively a payroll deduction. You still have to pay us because we're going to deduct that out of your final pay, but we'll make it easier for you. To go back to my analogy, that's like Noah telling his mom or me, could you please go to JoJo's house and take back my cement truck? Because I don't want to. At the end of the day, that cement truck has to get returned. Right. In other words, that, that still is a borrowing. And so really what's occurred is the CFPB has clarified that, hey, in the models where the employee is paying back via a payroll deduction, really in that model, the only model that we are comfortable with is one where there is no fee charged to the employee. In other words, we would rather see the employer pay the fee. And so we are pleased about this, frankly, because we've been saying for years and years and years, gosh, we're not smart people. We're, we're real simple. You give something to someone and you don't expect a payback. That to me feels like a payment. In a world where you are co-opting a third party, in this case, the employer, or for that matter, going in yourself to the consumer's bank account, at the end of the day, there's still a payback. And gosh, that does feel like a loan to us. Yeah. We thrilled that the CFPB agrees with us and agrees with my son, Noah, that when you get the truck back, well, that was a borrowing transaction. <laughs> <laughs> I love the simple analogy. It's great. Well, that's a good way to explain it. And I'm looking at the time. We have time for one last question. And so as you think about legal and compliance professionals and what advice would you give them as they need to become more familiar with this on-demand pay model? Because odds are, like the companies that you mentioned in our, in our opening, this is probably going to come on your desk pretty soon and you need to be aware and, and know the different models. So kind of what advice would you have out there? Where can they go and learn more about this? Look, the, the one advice I would give is this. This is a super important, super powerful area of HR and, and employee engagement. So that's like hands down, this stuff works. It works. It helps your employees it's a real, real thing, and it's meaningful. It is a meaningful benefit. This the economic and employee engagement results that we see turnover dropping by 40%. This is a big deal. But yeah, reality is when you have this type of big deal, you got to make sure it gets structured correctly. Let me give you an analogy. If you were running a 10,000-person company, I doubt you would ever go to a healthcare provider that had 20 people nothing wrong with a 20-person healthcare company. But as we all know, the provision of healthcare, it's a life-critical benefit. You have to make sure the insurance is going to be there, that it's compliant, that the payouts work, that they're servicing, that your employees are treated well, that the pricing is transparent. I mean, that's kind of why you go with a United Health or an Aetna or right. you know, a, a large right. provider. Because look, important clients need the gold standard. They just need the gold standard because at the end of the day, you can't take the risk with 10,000, 5,000, even 1,000 employees. 
that's frankly why the largest employees in the country work with us because we are the gold standard. And so what I would, the advice I would give is treat this very seriously. This is not some piece of technology that one department's going to be using. This is one of those rare occasions that every single employee is going to be impacted. And so in the same way that you would work with the best HR systems, the best HRIS, the best payroll companies, you can't take that risk here. And I would just encourage your colleagues, Vince, to really dig in here and to make sure that you're operating at a gold standard level, because frankly, your employees deserve that. Yeah, spot on. Jason, thank you very much for your comments. And gosh, I'm curious, you know, 2021 is, uh, is just around the corner. And I think there's some exciting things to head. And hopefully you'll experience the, the same continued growth, even in a post-COVID. Let's all pray that it's a post-COVID year next year. And again, thank you for your time. Vince, it's always a pleasure. You know, I'm a huge fan of the podcast. I check it out whenever I can. I've learned a ton and I hope all of your listeners have as well. Great. Thank you, Jason. Have a great day. Bad. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Walden Pond Podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode and help spread the word by leaving a review.